Hey, it's Pastor Frank this morning. It's good to see you guys today. You guys really don't know me yet, but you're going to get to know me. It'll, it'll, it'll happen. Just relax. So, my name is Pastor Frank Tellerico. I've been in the Fort Wayne area for about 10 years. I'm originally from the Detroit area. I'll get whoop, whoop. And that's my sister. <laughs> and, uh, she was a... She's a plant. I planted her just to do that today. No. <clears throat> but uh, it has just been a joy to uh, be a part of what's happening at New Hope. Um, I've been involved with smaller churches, you know, less than 150 people. I've been on staff at churches of thousands of people. And I've seen healthy churches. I've seen healthy staff and um, leadership. I've also seen unhealthy churches and staff and unhealthy leadership. And what you have here at New Hope is special. It's not something that you see every day. And sometimes when we're just sitting in the seats and you see what happens, or you get to hear the heart of your pastors and your leaders, know that there's a price that's paid for that, yes, but it's not something that comes easy. And I hope that you appreciate the decades and the heart and the prayers and the sacrifice that our pastors have made. Pastor Deal is a man of integrity. It is such an honor just to spend some time with you. So thank you for leading our church well. God's not done with this church though, right? I would say this is only the beginning. I I say God's the ultimate setup man. So he sets you up. You don't even realize it, but he's stirring. He's stirring something uh, within this church, within this community, within this region, and like we just saw, in the world. And we get to be a part of it. How crazy is that? I think that's just absolutely crazy. So um, my background, uh, I went to Central Bible College, That's where I met my wife. You know, they say at Bible college, either you get a ring by spring or your money back. <laughs> and um, that wasn't necessarily our journey. Our journey kind of took, I don't know, two years of counseling and different things like that. So our journey was a little bit different. But in the end, God blessed me with just an amazing helpmate and Leslie. And um, that was 24 years ago. And since then, we've had four amazing, crazy kids Uh, One has graduated. We have three kids that are still at Lakewood. So they're at Lakewood Park currently. And um, I have my kids are 20 down to 11. So you'll see them running around here and, you know, feed them candy, give them all that stuff. I don't, it's fine. They'll run it off somehow. So um, we're just coming off of spring break. Actually, Lakewood had spring break a couple weeks ago, but many of you, And the kids are coming back from spring break this week. And 
What we did on spring break, we went back to Detroit and we spent some time up there with my sister and got to see some different people. And whenever I go back there, it's the area that I grew up in. I don't know about you, but some of you may have, may live or grew up, grow, growing. You may have grew up in this area or have grown up in a different area. And when you go visit there, you kind of grow nostalgic. I don't know about you, but I, you know, and I keep, I'm sure my wife gets bored of me saying, and when I was there, this is where I fell off my bike, you know, and this is what we did. And um, it just got me thinking of my childhood and all the different toys and things I had in my childhood and how different it was back then. Do we have that picture? Or we get that picture up there? No. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but you might be able to relate to some of these things. Some of these things may look ancient to you, and that's okay. But um, it just made me think how, you know, we would be at the library and waiting for our parents, and I couldn't just call them. I'd have to go either put a quarter in the, uh, the phone, the phone booth, and call my mom or find somebody that I could, a business that would let me use their phone. And I was reminded of this phone thing when my kids, uh, over spring break, we were at my aunt's house, and she has an actual rotary phone or a push-button phone, um, and they, she also has an actual answering machine. She still has one of those. And the kids were downstairs playing, and the phone rang, and all of a sudden I hear this patter, and the kids... I had two of my kids ran up the stairs, scared the bejeebers out of them. And I was like, what in the world is going on? And they were like, there's this thing on the wall, and there was a bell in it, and it rang, and it scared us. And so we just came upstairs. And I was like, my goodness, it was totally different back when I was a kid. And one of my favorite things was when I would be able to call Santa and Santa would answer, and he had a specific message just for me. Just for me. And then there was another thing you could call in, and it was a choose-your-own-adventure kind of thing. And so if you wanted to do this, press 1. If you wanted to do that, press 2. And you could kind of choose your own adventure. And so today, as we get into this message, and I'll share a little bit more about this later, but you're going to be able to choose your own adventure at the end of this. How this ends, it's up to you. It's up to you. So we can have our own adventure, but we have a decision to make and how we're going to move forward. So we're going to set the context of this. We're going to turn to Luke 19, so go ahead and tap, turn, click, swipe, however you get to your scriptures this morning. And we're going to go to Luke 19. <clears throat> all along, God's purpose, when you look all throughout scripture, it's to redeem creation to its creator. It's woven all through scripture from Genesis to Revelation that he is redeeming creation to himself. And before eternity happens, 
that reconciliation had to take place. There was a price that had to be paid for the consequences of sin, and that was Jesus. And this week that we're entering into is Holy Week. And if there is a time besides when we take communion each month or each time that we do, this is the time that we need to connect and understand the heart of Jesus. And the heart of Jesus was to reconcile us to himself. So he had to come. He had to, he had to come to earth in order to redeem us. And so he comes and today is traditionally, we celebrate what? Do you know what traditionally in the church today is? It's Palm, yes. Palm Sunday, very good, guys. It's Palm Sunday. And so I found it so fitting that God would have this scripture in the text that we are actually going over today. It wasn't originally planned that way, but as I was preparing for this, it was like, wow, God's heart is in this. So let's, let's look together at Luke 19, verse 37. And we can see God's heart in this. It says, when he came near to the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began, to jo began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles that they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest but some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. Jesus is awesome. I love his response. He says, I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. So as we think about how God reconciles us to himself, understand his heart for us. What his heart is for the world that he's trying to redeem. He wept over Jerusalem when he was entering in Jerusalem. We see the examples in the life of Jesus and the triumphant entry for his heart for the world, but... Unfortunately, we also see people that were afraid to lose control. And so the Pharisees were like, you need to rebuke your disciples. You're getting a little too rowdy about all of this praise stuff. So the disciples, uh, or so the Pharisees tried to kind of hush the disciples. And whether it was the crowd, and sometimes it was even the disciples themselves, I think of the man that was, uh, the blind man that was, uh, begging at the, the gate of Jericho. And as Jesus was walking in, he was crying out to Jesus and his disciples were like, don't bother him, don't bother him. But yet he cried all the more and Jesus heard him and helped him. Sometimes following Jesus isn't always that easy. And you got to press through a little bit in order to spend time with him. And so today we're going to see this a little bit more in action and at the beginning of Luke 19, we see the story of Zacchaeus. So let's take a moment and we're going to read this together. Luke 19, verses 1 through 10. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector 
and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter. Say mutter. 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 I like just the word mutter. I just wanted to hear you say it. They began to mutter. He's gone to be the guest of a sinner, they said. But Zacchaeus stood up nonetheless, and he said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, My salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That's why he came, was to seek and to save the lost. You see, there's this myth in churches that the church is just for Christians. But I would submit to you that the church is one of the only organizations that exists specifically for people that are yet to be a part of it. Think about that for a second, that this is here for people that aren't even here yet. So how is that going to happen? How, how, does that, how is that connection made? We see Jesus weeping over the city of Jerusalem. We see Jesus, um, his heart breaking for those people that um, need a change in their life. But Jesus looked beyond appearances. He looked beyond a specific kind of lifestyle or sometimes, color, sometimes colorful language. Uh, looks, behind, looks beyond brokenness. And even looks beyond people that seem to have it all together, even if they're rich and wealthy. Because everybody is broken. There's something in all of us that was broken and is still broken and is still being redeemed. And so Jesus takes a moment and his heart breaks for them. In Matthew 9, 36, he says, when he saw the crowd, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. You see, Jesus modeled this for us. He set the example for us. In Ephesians 5, it says, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly beloved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So with this in mind, I'd like to kind of walk through this scripture even just verses by verse, verse by verse, and kind of discuss and maybe chew on different aspects of this a little bit and see what God wants to say to us as a church and as individuals, okay? So Luke 19, 1 and 2, says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. 
A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. I love scripture. I love going through scripture and reading scripture because it's alive and it's active. And some people say, well, it's just words on a page. And I get it. I I get it. Yes, it's words on a page. And yes, God can change our hearts. But also, when you read the scripture, if you take a few moments and say, what is God saying in this particular word or this particular phrase, you see a lot more than you might normally see. And I've, I've actually spoken on this passage before. I've read it. Can't tell you how many times I've, you know, sung about it in Sunday school class. You know, all of this stuff. But God pointed something pointed something out in here to me that I'm just going to submit to you. It says that Jesus was passing through. He was passing through, but yet when he saw Zacchaeus, he stopped. I wonder, I won't even put it on you guys. I'll put it on myself. I wonder if I would have the patience for somebody, if I was going to... Um, to Fort Wayne, and I had to go through Auburn, would I pause going through because I saw someone in need? You see, Jesus took a detour. He, was, he interrupted his schedule to change the path of a stranger's life. So Jesus slowed down to maintain um, room for grace. Room for grace. So if there's times, perhaps we could slow down a little bit and recognize that perhaps we're passing up God-given opportunities. If we slow down a little bit and we actually are aware and we lift our spiritual eyes up to those things around us, perhaps God will point out a place that he has for you to make a difference in. So Jesus took time. He took time for Zacchaeus. You see, Zacchaeus, he was a chief tax collector. He wasn't liked very much. And he was the chief tax collector, so he had people underneath him. And the reason why he wasn't liked very much was because the taxes that he collected were for the Roman government, okay? And so the more he cheated his own people, the more money he made, and he was a wealthy guy. So what's interesting is he had, he had a, a situation where he didn't fit in in either place. You see, he was, he was too Roman to be Jewish, but yet he was too Jewish to be Roman. He found himself in a place, okay, you know, it's weird because I don't know where I fit, where I fit in. And so he wanted to see who Jesus was. In Luke 19, 3 and 4, he said he wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. You see the scripture, it says, it, it doesn't say 
He wanted to see Jesus. He says he wanted to see who Jesus was. See, there's a difference in that. Because Jesus was heard and known at that time as somebody that when he walked by, there was something that happened. There was a life change that happened. Somebody's life, life was touched. And he wanted to see it. He just wanted to kind of just observe it. You know, he didn't want to be in the middle of it. You know, uh, today it would kind of look like somebody checking us out online or kind of just coming, sitting in the back row, kind of just observing a little bit, but not necessarily wanting to be a part of it, but just wanting to see who this Jesus is. Is this real? Is this really something that makes a difference? <laughs> but he couldn't see over the crowd. He was, a little, he was a little short, it says. And, you know, that's almost taboo nowadays. It's almost not PC to say he was short. I'm just merely putting out, putting, saying what Scripture says, okay? So he was a little bit short in stature, but I would also submit to you that he was short morally. He was short spiritually. There were things that he was short in, but truth be told, I think we relate to Zacchaeus a little bit more than we would like to admit. Because scripture says that we've all fallen short. The person next to you is dealing with something that you're not, but for sure you're dealing with something. Because we still live in this flesh. And we have to have this flesh, this life, come under submission of the Spirit and of God. So there's a war within ourselves as well. So Jesus came by, and Zacchaeus wanted to see who he was, but he was short in a few different aspects. People are dealing with things all around this world, and that's why they need new hope. Now, I could say, yes, they need our church. They need new hope. But the reality is, it's much more than just this location. It's the new hope that Jesus can bring. That lost people could be found and found, no, the lost could be found and the found could be free. And then those that are free could be empowered to live like Jesus and to live out the destiny that God has called them to. That's the new hope that Jesus can bring. That is the new hope that we offer here at this church. You see, there's opportunities that we get to be a part of as a church to reach out to Zacchaeus's all around the world. We just saw one where we get to partner with organizations. This just, it blows my mind, folks, that we get to be a part and partner with organizations that go to desolate places, difficult places, 
that we literally cannot imagine. We get to partner with them to bring the light of Jesus to those places, to bring people out. And so to see what Changing Destiny is doing and how they bring these kids to safety and they clothe them and they feed them, they educate them, to see the work of Inspiration Ministries and what Inspiration Ministries is doing and how they reach the loss and They say they extend grace, teaching truth, and transforming lives. And they they have so many of their ministry represented next to you. They actually are a part of our church family. Their family. How awesome is welcome to our family. There is room at this table for everyone. Do we have that heart? that there is room at this table no matter what the background is, no matter what God has brought you through, because truth be told, you're not that far from it. But for God's grace, I can't imagine. Yes, I can, because I've seen it in some of my family. What I would be without Jesus. Thank you, God, for doing a work in my life. When you take communion, each time that you take, I hope that you can look back and say, thank you, God, for the sacrifice you made, that you didn't leave me where I was, but now I am a new creature in you. Mm. This is what we get to offer the world, but we have to be willing to extend it. There are so many different ministries that are here that we can uh, partner with. You know, uh, Warm a Heart, the community ministry, providing meals and groceries uh, for the families in need in the area. There's Celebrate Recovery, which is a 12-step recovery program that is Christ-centered. And together, we get to be a part of Fulfilling the destiny of being a region-impacting church. Not just in Waterloo and what God is building here in Waterloo, but God has seen it fit to entrust us with expanding to Auburn. It's God. This is what he is calling all of us to. You see, but it's different, not just, um, not just being a part of the church that has different ministries, because that's really comfortable for us. We could just write a check and give money. And yes, we give sacrificially. But God calls us to a personal responsibility in all of this. So we can bring them to church, and that's good. You know, that's usually the default. Man, I just have to get them to come to church with me. But I hope that you recognize that, yes, it's great for them to come and we are happy to bring a message and to have them be around the family of God. But your personal responsibility is understanding that you're the first part of the message. How you live, how you talk, how you interact, how you run business, you're the first part of the message. Thanks for being in the ministry with us. 
We all are part of the ministry. It's biblical. It's biblical. So we, get, we have to live out our faith in how we treat others, whether that's in our neighborhoods, our communities, across the street, next to our neighbors. We are here to offer help and hope. Help and hope. I'm going to move on to Luke 19, 5 and 6. It says, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he saw him. And he said to him, rather, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. You see, Zacchaeus was hiding in a tree with his struggling vocational identity. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but from a distance. But in God's providence... At the appointed time, Jesus saw Zacchaeus, and he knew him by name, and he looked past his deficiencies physically, emotionally, and spiritually. You see, Jesus initiated this conversation. Jesus initiated this opportunity for life change. You see, maybe you're here today, or perhaps you're online today, And you're recognizing, man, there's something that I need that only God can provide. I want you to know today, Jesus calls you by name. He knows where you're at. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you've been through. He wants to look past that, call you by name, and, and say, I want to spend time with you. How are you going to respond to that? Unfortunately, sometimes the church, even people that are believers, have a hard time accepting. In Luke 19.7, it says, All the people saw this and began to mutter. There's that word again. Say mutter. 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 He uh, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Sometimes the biggest obstacle to people seeing Jesus is the crowd that's already convinced. But that didn't stop Zacchaeus. He knew what was going on. He felt and he knew that he knew that God was calling him. Jesus knew his name and called him out. So he responded, no matter what. The crowd can mutter, they can do whatever they want. But there was a life change that happened in Zacchaeus. So Zach saw, yes, we're on a first name basis. Zach saw Jesus and his life was changed. But I'm going to ask you this quick question. Why couldn't Zacchaeus see Jesus? Why couldn't Zacchaeus see Jesus? Sunday school answer, because he was a wee little man. A wee little man was he, right? (laughs) Now, he's the second tallest person in the Bible next to Nehemiah. I'll be here all day. Thank you very much. 
Love dad jokes. Thank you. So, what the scripture says is that he was short, but he could not see Jesus because of the crowd. You see, the travesty in this story isn't that Zacchaeus couldn't see Jesus. The travesty is that the crowd didn't see Zacchaeus. The crowd missed somebody that went out of their way. There are people that go out of their way that are desperate to find hope. Desperate for who he is. Are our spiritual eyes open to see those that we can share this hope with? Jesus is calling us. Jesus is setting the example here to see them. But yet, they, they were too involved in the celebration. They were too focused on the parade. But he had the guts to show up, but the crowd was the obstacle. Let us not grumble. Let us not rebuke people, let us invite them in because there is room. There's room. If there's an empty chair in here, there's room. If the seats are filled, we'll add more. There's room. Beyond this place for eternity, there is enough room at Christ's table for every one. There is nobody too far that he cannot reach. There's always a chair at God's table for us and for them. So he ran and he climbed a tree to sneak a peek at Jesus. Okay, so here's where you get to choose your own ending. Here's where you get to choose your own adventure. Adventure. My question to you is, who are we in the story? Who are we in the story? Are we Jesus? I think he set a great example for us. I would perhaps suggest that we're not Jesus. He's doing his job pretty well by himself. Okay? Are we the crowd? I pray that New Hope would not be that crowd that would be an obstacle for people to see Jesus. That we would look around and recognize there's people that just need someone to love on them. And that doesn't mean just with words sometimes. That doesn't mean out of pity. That means to genuinely care. There's a need. Let me bring you a meal. There's a need. I I see you're lonely. Can I come over? Can we have coffee? Yes, it's an inconvenience. Yes, you've been on a path. You're going through um, Jericho. But take a moment. Take a moment and see what God wants to do. So are we the crowd? I pray not. Are you Zacchaeus? Are you trying to see Jesus from a distance, knowing your situation isn't right? Know that Jesus sees you and he's calling you by name. And he wants to have that relationship with you. Maybe you're struggling in a specific situation or sin. Or maybe, no, it's time just to stop trying to hide 
and to step down from the tree and to follow him. For the rest of us that are in this room and online that are believers, as simple as it may seem, I think we're the tree. May not be flashy, may not be easy, may not be uh, something that is um, something that we would normally think of to help someone see, but they lifted Jesus, they lifted Zacchaeus up so he could have a better view of Jesus. That is what the tree did. My son loves climbing trees. He loves climbing trees. He's like a monkey in the tree. A guy like me, not so much. Guy my size usually doesn't climb the trees. But I can tell you, if I'm going to get in a tree and I'm going to climb out on a limb, you can bet I'm going to kind of give it a, a, a weight test, you know? Can it hold me? I would suggest when people are coming in to see who Jesus is, they're giving him a weight test. Can I bring my deficiencies? Can I bring who I am? And will it hold me? Will this church, will the people around me have a heart to be able to take my inadequacies, to take my shortcomings? Because God's not done with me, but he's stirring in me something. But I need a room, I need some room to grow. I pray New Hope can be a place that people can come to grow through their difficulties. Because we're all there. Let's just admit it. We're all there. You're never going to be good enough. You're never going to be righteous enough. We're all walking through this journey. Lost people found, found people free, and free people empowered by giving them a better view of Jesus so he can do the work that only he can do. This is what he says in 2 Corinthians 5. All of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ not counting people's sins against them. Get this, folks. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. See, we as believers, when we love on people, when we are the hands and feet of Jesus... We get to preach and sometimes we use words. That is how we show that we are his. So when we serve people and we love on them where they are at, that gives us a right to be heard then. Does that make sense? 
So our actions are showing Christ's love, not just our words. What a joy and honor and a responsibility it is that he has called us to. To bring as many people with us as possible. And I pray that we would be found faithful. That we can win this world for Jesus by what we say and what we do. Amen? Amen. You with me? All right, let's stand if you would.